This is the Adopted Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. This is season two, episode eight. I am thrilled that you're here. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I hope you stick around and go back and listen to all the other episodes. If you're not new, then get ready for an awesome one. Today on the podcast, we are going to hear from a whole panel of people me and my husband, Brian, included. So we decided that we would have a group of us talk about marriage. We know that adoption is so hard and marriage is so hard. And you put those things together and it's like a ton of stress. It's just really, really hard. And so we wanted to talk to other couples who are in the thick of it. None of us are like past this or we we have some sort of expertise or anything. No, we are living this day in, day out. Our All of our marriages are relatively young and we're just trying to get through this adoption thing one day at a time. So get excited. We had way too many people to record in our small studio. So we jumped over to the Red Barn studio and that is run by Jason Miller. I want to give them a huge shout out. They are awesome. Him and his wife, Jamie, have supported me and the podcast from the start. And we are so appreciative that Jason wanted to help us out with this episode. And if you are a recording artist or... um anything like that, you should definitely give them a call. I'm going to link to them on the show notes. And that's also where you can find all kinds of other information. So you should jump over there at the adoptivemompodcast.com. But for now, just stick around and let's hear from our whole marriage panel. Woohoo! All right, everyone, welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. This is kind of our first um, like real panel episode, so I'm really excited to introduce you to most of our guests. I say most because you've already met two of them. Um, we have Michelle and her husband, Scott Monty, which Scott's actually been on the podcast too, just not by name. Um, and Michelle had her own episode back in season one. But do you guys want to kind of like reintroduce yourselves a little bit? I'm Michelle. I'm Scott. <laughs> um, so we have we have three kids. They're all adopted. We have no biological kids. Um, so it's giving a little bit about our story. So we've been in Arkansas about six years, and about about that same time when we came here, Michelle started looking at different ways to adopt. Um, a lot of different ways. I think everyone knows that you know you can DHS, you can go through private, you can do all the different kind of things. So we were vetting all those, and then Michelle uh, kind of accidentally applied to one of them. We thought we were requesting <laughs> accidentally, yeah, no, quotes. she thought she was requesting information, and so um, that's how we got our first son. Is because she kind of accidentally applied, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, I thought I was asking for information. I actually applied for an adoption." <laughs> uh, I said, like, "Okay, well, whatever. I'm never gonna. It's a hard choice to willingly make, especially for your first kid." So we uh, we went with it, and that's when we got our first on Asher. And about two years later, we started looking at other different ways. We opened through the call and uh, went through DHS. We did um, some respite care for about a year. We had, I think, 12 different kids during that time for one to two days apiece. And then we had an 18-year-old for about three or four months. And shortly after that, we uh, Michelle kept inquiring and asking about sibling groups. And I was like, are you insane? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Is this a trick? And like, next week, you're going to come and say, hey, five-year-old girl, it's perfect. Um, and that's actually what actually ended up happening is about two weeks after I made the comment about, like, are you just trying to trick me by bringing sibling groups so one sounds okay? Um, she was like, oh, by the way, we've been matched with a four-year-old girl. I was like, uh, okay. So then uh, about three weeks after that, 
Three weeks um, after she came after she came home. to us, so yeah, she came home. We took her home. We'd met her a couple times, and it was a little it was a little rough. Um, I mean, two and a half years of transition still. Um, but then I uh, think "little rough" is an understatement. <laughs> we were pretty much screaming and crying every day for the first well, month. Not we us all the time, but yeah, well, most yeah, of her. not. Um, us. I mean, let's just be real here. It was probably you guys. Yeah, there too. was some screaming cartoon. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah, then um, our son's, our Asher's birth mom reached out and she said, I'm having another baby. Do you know anyone who wants this baby? So we were like, well, do we take the kid who's in our home and put them in back into foster care? Or do we take our son's biological, or our son's biological brother? Um, and we ended up with both. So, <laughs> the um, obvious choice, both. Yeah, right? obviously both. So yeah, so that's how we got to three, and it happened very quickly. So we went from one to three in about six months, um, with plenty of transition in the middle. So it's kind of, I mean, now there's there's still more. And after two and a half mm-hmm. years, I mean, it continues, but I think we'll get to more, so we'll probably get. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, okay, and how long have you guys been married now? Yeah, nine years. It'll be 10 next March. And you guys, they get to go on like a fun, crazy trip for their 10-year anniversary. And I'm super jealous. We will do that. Yeah. Going to Branson. (laughs) (laughs) That voice was from my husband, the other person that you've already met, Mr. Brian Fitton. And uh, we'll get to you in a minute. You can just... I'm fine. I'm good. So yeah, keeping going around that circle, we have Alex and Garrett Autry. So there's two Alexes on this podcast. We're going to try to keep it straight. But yeah, so how long have you guys been married? Introduce us to your family a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I'm Garrett, and uh, my wife is Alex. We've been married going on three years now. uh, Three and a half, actually. We're almost... Uh, about to round out to four, which is exciting. Uh, and we have adopted three boys about one year ago, a sibling set of three all together at the same time. I think she'll speak on that in a little bit, but um, yeah, um, it's yeah. been a, it's been a whirlwind. You want to take it from there? I mean, yeah, the boys, uh, when they, when we met them, they were six, just turned six, um, four, and three, and so they moved in at that age, and now um, we have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a four-year-old. Um, and also, we fostered. Um, we opened as a foster home, really without the intention of adopting. Um, we fostered for about a year and a half before um, we met our boys, and um, kind of relevant to the marriage discussion we had only been uh, mm-hmm. married for a year before we got our first foster placement um, and those kids were with us for almost a year so it has been quite a, it's it's been a lot and it's been great so yeah so so i think we firmly established that everyone here is crazy uh-huh. <laughs> and um also so alex uh, you know we've, we've talked about brian and i's adoption story a little bit and how our oldest um teen i was technically 11 well not technically i was actually 11 when he was born and alex so that would have made you what 18 when your oldest um, was born 18 yes when my yeah. oldest was born which isn't out of the question right and he looks younger than he is it's biologically so, possible yeah, i have people definitely think that they're my biological kids mm-hmm. but and i also mm-hmm. don't necessarily look as old as i am yes. so they also think that i am a teen mom so we, we, did, have, we did have one placement who asked if I was her dad. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. So those those of you who are listening, I I look very old. Apparently. He's not that old. <laughs> you do not like that. You're not 12. even the oldest person in this room. So. Just to be clear, no one mistakes Scott and my kids for biological. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. They're you the only ones so. like our children. <laughs> you have one black daughter and two Marshallese sons. Yeah. So. And then, you know, we yeah. all got white kids. So we're just kind of vanilla. Scott's kind of <laughs> we're at the Autrys and the Scott, Scott is not. I kind of get red. red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of get red. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. And so, Brian, yeah, you've obviously been on the podcast before. I have, yes. Uh, 
You're, you've listened to every single one of them every multiple times. Every single one of them, absolutely. This is my uh, my producer husband. Yeah, you just want to talk about um, us a little bit and remind people of our you know how long we've been married and all that stuff. Yeah, can't mess this one up. So uh, we've been <laughs> married for s- almost six years. Mm-hmm. All right, got that one. We're good. Um, and so we have four children: a sixteen-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. Those are easy. Um, so we started out with our, I guess we were pregnant and then started the adoption training or foster care training. After that, uh, we had our first son, Grady, and then he, uh, I guess he was about six months old when we got our first placement, um, Clark. And after having Clark for about a week and a half, we found out we were pregnant with our little girl, Jane. And about two months after that, we found out we were... After um, the pregnancy, not after her birth. Yes, true. <laughs> it's, it's a little muddy there at times. Uh, yeah, so after that, uh, about two months later, we found out uh, that Clark, the oldest of teenager, had a half-brother that was abandoned at the hospital, and so we, we got the call to take him in. So we did that. And uh, anyway, that's where we're at today. Yep. That, that's yeah, a fact. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that, that kind of introduces us all. And so my, um, my absolute goal for this podcast is I just really wanted to give people that are in the adoption world already kind of some solidarity with this whole marriage thing and when it's paired with adoption and how it's just really hard sometimes. It's also really hilarious sometimes. There's lots of different emotions that we go through. And so... Um, I wanted to have multiple people talking about this because obviously er- every marriage is different. And so we've had, we have a three-year marriage, a six-year marriage almost, and an almost 10-year marriage. And so we've got a little bit there, but we are all also very much in the thick of it. No one here is seasoned at it. No one here is like, well, back when we had young kids, <laughs> we all have young kids right now. Um, so on that note, yeah, I just wanted to uh, jump in with a little bit of a lighthearted, funny story, and I'm going to keep picking on the Montes to go first. So what's like the biggest, the first, like, biggest stupid fight you've ever had as a couple? I think the biggest stupid ongoing fight we always have is dishes in the sink. Yeah, that's <laughs> disgusting. Or I'm expected to be the navigator in the front seat always, so it is always my fault if he turns the wrong way. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Always. Well, it could turn Google up a little, too. But. Well, I love that this is Michelle talking about it and then Scott explaining why. <laughs> why he gets angry. Yeah. <laughs> or it's annoying. Apparently, I cause these fights. No, actually, you cause it by leaving the dishes and saying. <laughs> I might have three little minions. This is real life right now. It's no, it, Breathe yeah, it in. No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> not a big deal not at all by That's the way so I did funny. the dishes three times today I know mm-hmm. okay. oh. <laughs> thank you I appreciate that oh I love it you're welcome alright what about you guys Alex and Garrett uh, yeah so uh, we do a lot of stupid things and we have a lot of really dumb arguments so to categorize them I think we'll, we'll pick sports this time okay. to, just to pick a category uh, so we we are totally not the parents who really get into sports we uh, say we're not. We say, we say we're not, but we've learned through this process. Uh, At least one of us might care a lot about sports. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's not and, least and one we're not going to point fingers. Uh, it's very unclear who that could be, but so just for the Nobody record. Nobody could see him if you're pointing him anyway. Yes, and so we discovered um, just by chance a couple months ago while we were at a soccer game that 
one of us cares a little bit more about sports than we realize. And so we had a nice, ridiculous argument over a five-year-old soccer soccer game. game. (laughs) Our kids are by far the least athletic on the team. So it does not matter. None of this matters. Oh, I love that you guys can admit that, though, that you don't feel like you can. Doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't even know. So (laughs) doesn't matter. Future boys, if you hear this, I'm sorry. (laughs) Right now, you are just not coordinated. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we would admit that about our children. (laughs) They're not coordinated. Absolutely. We just hope they're really smart. <laughs> That's all. Or so. maybe they could pick up an instrument. Yeah. <laughs> our, our son had his head stuck in movie theater seats, so. Our kid got his leg stuck in the bench at the zoo the other day, yeah, yeah, so like he just. Train pulling up. Right, we're all getting on the train. Oh, yeah. Leg stuck. Like, what are you wow. doing over How there? How did you do that? <laughs> it was definitely like one of those parenting moments where you're just like. Oh, fudge. Like, everyone is looking at me in this entire theater. Because my kid is screaming and I can only see his legs and feet. What movie was it? Sing. Yeah. I attempted to take the oldest two by myself. That's never happening. Not a smart decision. (laughs) Yeah. They're a little older. Oh my gosh. They were both also irked that they couldn't see Moana because it was sold out, so we had to settle Aww. for Sing. So. Second class movie. Watching Moana yeah. tonight. The horrors. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Mr. Fitton, what, are, what do you think about her? Well, I w- so I was thinking about that as the Montes were discussing theirs. And we have a dishes related fight, too, that was in our first year of marriage. It involved the dishwasher to where I was putting the forks in the incorrect spot. So I think what was happening is that wait, he was wait. having a fork slot, a knife slot, and a spoon slot, and so they would all get bunched together. They would. So wait a second. Did you ask me the question? Are you? Not I'm, I'm clear. I'm pulling question? a Scott. Is what I'm doing. This is like marriage counseling 101. This is good. There's, yeah. So that was. Uh, it was really dumb, and I, I'm pretty sure our because we had our pastors at the time were were counseling us through that and they reassured us how dumb they were that counseling was. you through dishes <laughs> it was it was that bad it was no. the dumbest the dumbest fight absolutely but I, now i know no. how to load the dishwasher that was a passive aggressive comment i'm sorry sir. oh my gosh <laughs> so we're gonna end the podcast no, <laughs> um okay so let me let me just start with some like some more serious ones not start i don't know why i said that let me keep going with some more serious questions. So, um, do you guys, Montes, do you mind going first, or do you want us to like reverse the the train here? Let's just keep the train going. They're all all right, in. let's keep it going. So, I wanted to know how everyone's marriage has changed through adoption, specifically. Well, um, I think it's more. I mean, yes, through adoption, but also just kids. I mean, right, because you guys don't. It's because yeah. uh, just kids in general. I don't think it matters adopted or not. It's going to completely change everything. You're going to realize that you are, you're going to realize how totally selfish you were. <laughs> and it's going to take you a while to break from that. So, um, and then too, it's, I mean, I think the only thing adoption kind of layers on top of that is the speed at which we get kids. You guys know about that. Um, He's pointing at the kids autos. from like trauma and mm-hmm. they've got to come with their own issues, they come with their own baggage. So that's difficult. And then I think with adoption too, and it depends, I think, but it's just a little bit harder. You don't have that natural biological, just like unconditional love immediately. Like, especially when, you know, you bring a kid in your home and they spend the first months screaming at you nightly. Like, that mm-hmm. makes it very difficult to love that child. So, I mean, that makes it difficult between us two. She's definitely the calmer of the two. Mm. I am not. So, that <laughs> makes it difficult when, you know, kids are screaming at me and I have a really hard time just walking away or backing down. And then that impacts 
her as well. It's difficult. What about you? How do you see those exact same situations, Michelle? Um, Scott described them pretty <laughs> accurately. Um, I think that, I mean, throughout all of this, like being able to be honest with yourself is definitely like a key point that if you have not come to already, you definitely reach pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, I think there's definitely some interesting like extended family scenarios when you layer on adoption. Um, you just, I don't know, everyone, everyone, like, especially within your family, if your family's like mine, like, they just, you know, have an opinion and can't help but share it. So, um... They have a traditional parenting <clears throat> opinion. Yeah. I mean, we we have a lot of extended family, too, that have fostered and adopted, um, but um, a little less so on Scott's side. So, I think that... Um, when I think you're fighting kind of some of those additional perceptions, that's hard. Like people question, like, why was this your first choice? Cause for us, this was our first choice. Like we hadn't even tried to have biological kids. Like, um, I, yeah. 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 So, um, Scott was going to make a snarky comment. <laughs> uh, anyway. I was waiting for it. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like it was going to be a good one, Scott. Uh, no, it probably wasn't. <laughs> Future kids, please tune this out. Um, no. Yeah. I, I would agree with just those things. Like this, the speed at which the adjustment comes, um, especially going from one kid to like well, multiple kids. Two. When you get, you know, a four-year-old or 16-year-old, like, you don't really know what to expect for that age. You don't kind of know what's normal. And then Mm -hmm. you're also dealing with kids who are behind. So it's like, should you be frustrated? Should you not be frustrated? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like you've never parented a a four-and-a-half-year-old before or a 16-year-old. And so it's all brand new. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing all this and, Mm -hmm. you know, your spouse has their, you know, their preconceived notions on what this age needs to be and what you need to be doing and how you need to parent. But, like, the fact is you were parenting a one-year-old two months ago and now you've got a four-year-old. And it's like, well... Do we, like, how do we discipline them? Like, what do we do? Like, what are the expectations we need to set for them? And it can be really difficult. Like, I'm definitely much harder on our kids, and I have much higher expectations. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of weird, too, because now that our two-year-old, who at the time is now four, it's kind of like he's doing some of the same stuff the four-year-old is doing that made me nuts. (laughs) And it's like, oh, well, maybe that was normal kid stuff. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's a little hard. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so what about you guys, Autrys? Yeah, you want to start? Yeah, um... I mean, they definitely said a lot of what we were going to say because a lot of um, a lot of our story is similar. That mm-hmm. we also went from zero kids to three kids really quickly. Um, when we well, did, since we started yeah. fostering, um, mm-hmm. we did start with one little girl, but that lasted for maybe two months. Um, and we had some other kids in and out, and then we got her brother. So we had two under two. Um, really quick. And then, and when our boys moved in too, I mean, they all pretty much came at once. So it was, um, just really sudden. And, um, we also had not really tried to have biological kids. This was our first option to adopt. Um, and so we also had some of the extended family confusion, um, and also just the adjustment from like, this is just us doing our own things. You have so much freedom to do your own thing when you don't have kids that then when you do have kids all of a sudden 
you're accountable for where you are every moment of the day. So you have to explain to someone, I'm going to go take a shower. Whereas, you know, that wouldn't have really been a thing when it was just us, that I would just do that with no one needing to care where I was. Um, so definitely learning to work as a team. And um, we talked we talk about, like, not scorecarding, so not keeping track you know, not thinking that like, oh, you do half the work, I do half the work, because that's not how it works. And um, we just all have to do as much as we can. And sometimes one person can do a lot more and their capacity is a lot higher at that time. Um, and you just have to assume that the other person is doing the best they can, basically, and not try to keep track of this isn't fair or this isn't. So that was definitely something that um, was good for us to learn. And I think going from zero to three really quick helped us um, realize that we just both were giving 110%. So there wasn't any room to be upset about what the other person was or wasn't doing because we're doing our best. Yeah, didn't have, also didn't have the energy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Didn't have the time or energy to keep track or argue about it. So just why bother? Yeah. And then once you jump to three, it's like, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. You're outnumbered at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Monty said it, said it well. Yeah. I think for me, it was just learning, Oh, I don't have all the infinite free time that I had before. I'm now a parent <laughs> and it kind of gets in foster care, especially, but in, in also in jobs and it just, it's sprung on you. So you start to realize some of these, all these personality uh, traits that are poor and you start coming to the surface and you start realizing, Oh, I'm extremely selfish or I, this is something I had a particular uh, idea about that I didn't even realize I had an idea about mm-hmm, a way of parenting that. that I had been raised to believe was the way and realize that's not actually going to work in the situation. Um, but yeah, I think also, um, to the, uh, to the, um, parents, uh, or just the, uh, the family, uh, tension that, that, that we experienced just having some, uh, some people just didn't understand why we wanted to adopt and not do biolo- uh, go biological route first. And honestly, we haven't haven't even tried the biological route. So it's just that they just uh, for some of my uh, our family they cannot comprehend it, don't really understand it. So um, working through that was was a challenge and definitely uh, had some ups and downs. And we've had to work through some really uh, had to have those hard conversations with uh, those members of our family to. To, uh, to kind of but, establish what we were going to do with yeah. our family. But that's like within like the extended family. But in mm-hmm. marriage, those things obviously, we have different ideas of how to deal with extended family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's either family or in-laws. So depending on whether it's your family or whether it's your in-laws, who's on which side of that, that can make it really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just figuring out how to navigate those relationships and how to navigate... Um, disciplining the kids being a team on that but then also being a team um in public or with our family like making sure to be consistent and communicate those things ahead of time or how to communicate in the moment when you haven't talked about it ahead of time how to make sure to stay on the same page so that you're supporting each other both to the kids and to like other family members or whoever might be involved yeah no that's a really good point um learning how to present as a good team and actually be a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's back around to us and I, uh, I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Brian. Oh, <clears throat> so I, uh, I guess with us, it was a little bit different because we did have a six month old to kind of work through some of that stuff. Um, before we got Clark, um, some but, of that selfish stuff. Cause that's the truth. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, 
who's sleeping the, and who's not sleeping yeah. and <laughs> all those fun things. Um, but I think we learned very quickly that, especially like Michelle said, once you get to three, it you know you're outnumbered and and then we had to present as a as a united front. I, I think with our marriage, it it drew us closer together because I think we were just both pretty selfish people, and and marriage in general was kind of pulling that out of us. But then once we got to the the kid part. It then changed because then we really saw how selfish we were, but we then had to kind of reconcile and say, if we're not a team in this, we're going to fall apart. And that could happen very, very easily. Um, So I think, honestly, our marriage has gotten stronger through that. And we really realized that, especially with a teenager, I know probably with Maya too, with her being a little bit older, they're just different things that you run into. Um, we didn't know, like, teenage-wise, we're like, are these normal teenage things, or is this, you know... Are they supposed uh, to shower on their own? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we supposed to continually, every day, tell him to put deodorant on? Or, you know, like, what are, what is just the normal things compared to the system coming out of that and, and being adopted? Um, and so we really did have to find out, like, from our point of view as a marriage, like, you're right, it's almost like I have to now tell somebody, hey, I'm going upstairs, and I'm going to go to do this. Like, I'm not leaving you. And we're not running away, like, I'm just going to my room or whatever it is. So um, we really had to figure out communication, too. Mm -hmm. That was a a big piece of it. Um, And how to be the united front for our kids. I would say we also, we had to learn how to give each other space um, for sanity, but also space to grow in our own ways. Because as we know with adoption, attachment looks so much differently than with our biological kids. And you know, you guys don't have those experiences with biological kids, but I'm sure you know that attachment doesn't just happen. Like they're placed in your home and all of a sudden you're their mom. And, you know, and, um, and I know that you guys got two from birth. So it's a little bit different, you know, with private adoption, but, um, even with Maya attachment happens so differently. And I, I know you guys personally, and I know that attachment with Maya has happened on different timetables for you guys. And it definitely happened with us, with our kids, um, so I think allowing each other space to, to grow that love and those relationships with our adopted kids on our own time and in our own ways, instead of wanting it to look the same for both of us. Mm-hmm. True. Um, so. And counseling. Lots of counseling. Yeah. I don't know. Lots yeah. That, I guess that did change. Lots, lots. <laughs> um, okay. So what do you think has been the biggest obstacle that you've faced in your marriages as a result of a non-traditional family? result of a natural I mean it's probably just just keeping sanity when the kids are insane I mean that, that's the biggest thing and I definitely struggle more with that and I'm, yeah. you know I think we're getting to a place where I'm getting better she's always been better at it. she's always been much better at keeping her cool keeping her sanity actually the thing that would get her is if I lose my mind yeah. that's what drives her off not mm-hmm. usually the kids she somehow separates the two mm-hmm. I think I take things much more personal when a child is screaming in my face I think it's like why do you hate me and why are you doing this to me? And it's, it's not. It's just not that. And we've made big strides, actually, especially in the last couple of months, where it's gotten much better. But I mean, that works into the attachment. Like, it is really hard to attach to a kid who, every time you tell them no, they throw just complete epic, just like insane fit. Um, and somehow she has managed to do it. So I think that's been one of the hardest things. Is I, I couldn't do it. Like there was times I just walk away, and she felt more like maybe I was quitting um, mm-hmm. rather than just trying to take time. But she gets it too, so I don't know. It's a mix. I don't know. Yeah, um, I guess that I think within all of that, it's it's a little bit of like being 
Okay. Since he self-proclaimed I was the most patient one, I'll just, you know, claim that. <laughs> You'll just take that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, being that, that person that can kind of, like, take the heat initially and all of the screaming and things like that, um, like, I needed him to understand that I also needed a reprieve, but then when you pile on, like, a very mm. stressed-out spouse on top of that... Yeah. Um, mm. That's like what breaks me down mentally. Um, so I think that I think that that's that that communication and sitting down and like telling him constantly for probably over a year, like I, I can totally do it if the kids like lose it, like you can walk away. That's fine with me, but like I can't handle it if you're losing it and they're losing it because that's way too many people to referee. <laughs> like um so I think I think it's just I think it's that balance. Like and you don't realize like all of your own stuff that you're bringing like when someone is screaming in your face and like the things that have maybe been in your past or whatever that you're dealing with that kind of come out um and yeah, kind of coming from like the traditional family background, traditional discipline, all those sorts of things, we definitely don't really see eye to eye on how how to best um, discipline so that you're providing structure and accountability, but also helping them grow. Um, so now Maya, so Maya came to us when she was four and a half and she's um, turning seven this month. Um but so we have a seven year old, a four year old, and Kate will be two this summer. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, I think it's those like expectation setting. Um, it, yeah, it's yeah, I just, think I said, like, if I ever screamed at my parents like that, like they would have <laughs> ended me. <laughs> so, you know, I have a little bit of that in the back of my mind, and so you, you but you yeah. know, like, you've been through the training, you know that, like. You know, it's trauma, it's this and that, but when a child is literally, like, losing their mind, just absolutely just screaming atop their lungs, like, you're thinking, like, oh, can all the neighbors hear this? Do they think I'm yeah. trying to kill this kid? Like, <laughs> because it's just, it's that extreme, and it's just, like, you're taking it personal, you're like, I'm the dead, like, you can't do this, like, you need your to listen. Your anxiety is, and like, your anxiety yeah. builds, and you, you just don't think about that stuff. And so, I mean, she has always, and I don't know if it's, she's got more training than me or whatever, but she, somehow that comes out in her brain. During the moment, it's like it's just trauma, guys. It's just oh, trauma. Gosh. <laughs> um, and then it's me. I was like, "Trauma sucked. Get out of here." <laughs> um, so I mean, it's it's definitely like it's just yeah, it's tough. It's hard, but we yeah, we've come a huge long way. And it's now like I we almost never spank anymore, hardly ever, pretty much. And like last time I went to go spank, she's to a point now she's like, "It's not going to help me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's read instead. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's come a long way in helping us realize what she needs too. So um, yeah, it's gotten better. <laughs> That's how you know a child's been in a lot of counseling if they can yeah. like work through a, a you know a plan <laughs> for yeah. their yeah. own yeah. discipline. <laughs> Well, it's also too when you know you've come a long way, like when you get frustrated or at that point, and then instead of walking away, you can stay there and sit down and read with her and Mm -hmm. like work through it with her, which Scott's been doing a really great job of lately. So we're 
I think I, I hope we're turning a corner. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, oh, I'm like praying this doesn't jinx yeah, us by going on the podcast anymore. Everybody sleeps through the night. Everybody sleeps through the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still got some diapers laying around. Yeah, we'll get them. You have to change pee, laundry, and stuff. Oh, I don't even want to hear you guys talking about diapers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like swimming in them. Yeah, seriously, we have we have our Amazon subscriptions, two boxes a month, baby. Oh my gosh! All right, oh, so what about payment. what about you guys? Garrett and Alex, biggest Um, obstacle you've had to overcome? I guess um, the biggest thing, the biggest point of like conflict or contention that I remember in relation to our current kids is um, having to go through the matching and disclosure process. Mm -hmm. Um, Just if you haven't been through this before and you're listening, um, the disclosure and matching process, basically they print out every, uh, every medical record, every behavioral note, every counseling session, every diagnosis that the kids have ever had. Um, and then they, um, you just come to a meeting with all this paperwork and they give it to you and they say, okay, go home and decide if these are going to be your kids. Mm-hmm. And so um, going through that process just on your own and having to come to a decision would be hard enough, but having to be on the same page mm-hmm. with another person is difficult. Um, so, I mean, and our kids had in that meeting, there were some really significant things and you just don't know, like, are mm-hmm. those things, some of those yeah. labels were pretty much just made up, it turns out, but they might have not been, and we didn't know that going in. Um, and some of the labels haven't, once you're in it, it just is what it is, and it has played out in a way that um, wasn't really as severe as what we were kind of prepared for, but saying yes, we didn't know, like, is what is the next 18 years of our lives or whatever going to be like? Um, and so just having to come to a decision on that when there's a lot of emotions involved and we did not get into foster care planning to adopt three kids mm-hmm. probably not planning to adopt at all um and so just having to come to a decision on that was interesting um <laughs> as a couple just um both of us getting to like the place of feeling like yeah we should do this at different times and um having to be patient and like figure out um whether to yeah, whether to go forward with that, and now those, it was just, um, a, it was just a lot, and it was some really intense thing to have to decide together. Yes, for those of you who are out there about to go into those meetings, you're mm-hmm. you're in for a journey, but um, yeah, but it's uh, I don't know, it's just interesting. I always I always joke if I was if, if my parents got a rap sheet of my life before, <laughs> would they choose them to take me? I, was like, <laughs> I don't think so. So it's, it it's like just that. a unique situation to be in for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I think for me, I we. I think I mentioned earlier, but the the uh, the parenting uh, or just the uh, the conflicts that we had uh, with family and, and the traditional family uh, model were 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 um, really stressful. Really stressful. <laughs> really we just, hurtful. I think times. we weren't we weren't expecting. You know, we uh, you know grown up thinking, been told that you know my family's going to accept whatever decisions uh, I wanted to make, and, and, and to realize that this was actually one I wanted to make and kind of didn't feel supported was was it was a hard thing to realize hard thing for me to realize and um something we had to work through but um the grace of god it's actually gotten it's actually gotten substantially better and they're starting to understand us better and in a new ways see us in new ways and meet their three new (laughs) grandkids and get to uh get to learn about them and so uh that's that's been wonderful but it's it's definitely been a challenge for sure and definitely i think um 
I, I relate with uh, what you were saying, Monty, about the, uh, about the, uh, um, just having your expectations and having things that you, ways of parenting that you, you have going into it and, uh, having to kind of just start sift through personally, like, this is something I have a bent towards because I was raised this way and, and it's going, and I don't want to necessarily enforce that on a child who, uh, for, enforce my ways or my upbringing that is on, on a child and not give him a chance in a lot of ways. So I think a lot of, yeah. Even if it, even if it was a good thing mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's going to be necessarily a good thing in our yeah. situation. Yeah. And it's just so different with, um, kids who don't cut, they don't just like you were saying, like, attachment isn't immediate you don't mm-hmm. feel like their mom immediately they don't feel like i'm their mom immediately either so they mm-hmm. don't walk into our house at six five years old knowing like oh these are my parents and they left me no matter what mm-hmm. like they have mm-hmm. no reason to believe that and so um you have to prove it to them. yeah we have to prove it to them and we can't and discipline the way our parents disciplined us when we had never doubted mm-hmm. our parents love but we don't have that base with them mm-hmm. and so having to agree on when is like okay we this is a moment to connect and give grace or like this is a moment to set a boundary and give a consequence having to agree between us on that um definitely takes communication yeah yeah gosh those are like a bunch of really good points All right, guys, we'll jump back into the episode in just a sec, but I wanted to take a minute and remind you guys about the Birth Mom Brunch that is coming up on May 12th. That's a Saturday before Mother's Day, and it's National Birth Mom Day, which I didn't know about until I talked to Sarah Avery back in season one. So if you didn't know, now you do. That's National Birth Mother's Day. And we want to take that morning and just honor these incredible women and the brave and courageous choice they made to give their child life. So if you have any resources or encouragement, then I would love for you to reach out to me and you can become a volunteer for the event. You can just give us help in any way you can. That would be amazing. We definitely want to honor these women and show them how much we appreciate their choices and their lives. Um, We are partnering with Shared Beginnings, another adoption nonprofit. They seek to support birth moms through this process. They give them legal counsel and just help with housing and expenses and just come alongside them to advocate for them along the way. And that nonprofit is actually run by one, my mother, who had an episode back in season one, and Michelle Amonti, who's on this episode that you're listening to right now. So you should definitely check them out as well. I'll link to them in the show notes. But let's jump back into our episode. I think for us, one of our the biggest obstacles that we had to overcome is uh, our roles, I would say. Um, just because of our personalities, I think that we were definitely on a track to have pretty specific parenting roles and we were fine with that. Just I'm, I'm a lot more of a type A person and more organized. Um, you're a lot more just loosey goosey and easygoing and, um, and that's fine. That's who we are. And when we got Clark, it, he had some, uh, some predisposed notions about moms specifically. We'll just say that. And so I didn't get to be that organized, like authoritative figure that I had, always kind of planned on being because that was who I was. And I think that that was a really big obstacle that we had to overcome is that you kind of had to step it up. Mm -hmm. Um, You meaning Brian had to 
step it up in those areas. And I had to learn to sit back in those areas. And that was really, really hard. Um, I don't know. Would you agree? Yeah. So I was, I was thinking about that actually. So uh, that was, that was one of our, our biggest obstacles because you attached to rock pretty quickly. So Clark's half, half brother who came to um, us at three weeks old. So it's yeah. pretty easy to attach <laughs> for you. Mm. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I second that. Baby for over two years. Exactly. So that's why I bring that up because Scott and I've had these conversations where it, it is harder. And I think guys in general, it's harder to attach to a, a screaming blob, you know, like it just doesn't the withdrawing screaming. Blob. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of things. And that happened with my own bio children. I mean, still, um, but I attached to Clark a lot quicker. And so working through those roles as in like, even, even, I mean, I'll be honest with you. We're still in that. Like we're still going through that where absolutely I, I have a better like relationship yesterday. with Clark than she does. <laughs> but with rock, I mean, I, I, I'm, I lose my patience. I'm, I'm in that same boat with Scott where it's just like, he just, he throws a fit over everything and I just don't, I don't have time for it. And so, but she, you're that way when it comes to Clark where he throws a fit or whatever else, I can back up and be like, ah, it's fine. Let's, you know, he's a teenage boy because I was a teenage Trauma boy. Trauma to, to use Scott's analogy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we, we just, we definitely have different, different roles in that. And I can see, I never understood that before with my parents or any other parents. I'm like, how can you like one kid more than the other? You know what I mean? But and I'm saying, I don't, I love all my children the same. <laughs> Let's just make that statement. But what I'm saying is there are times where we're just like, I don't, I don't like you. I don't like you child. Like, so, and that's okay. I think to, to give yourself grace in those moments too. So. Just yeah. try not to say it to your child. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't that might have been done before in our household. Um, <laughs> it's definitely been done in our yes. household. <laughs> Surprisingly, like by Brian. True, true. There's also been a child that screamed that at me too. So. That's very true. Yeah. On multiple occasions. So, all right, I'm going to make the guys go first, you know, because I can. But I want to know how you have seen your wife change the most Part A, change the most. Part B, I want to know how you've been most impressed with your wife through this process. Let's just say, she's a crusader, so we'll start there. Um, That's how she, she's changed the most? Yeah, yeah, well, she's always been to a point, but ever since we started like our adoption process, she is all in. Like, she is poster child for Die adoption. I can attest to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she uh, she is all in both feet. She will talk to everybody. She's organized <laughs> events. She helped get adoption benefits changed at Walmart. She meets with politicians. She does all of it. And, and then there's me. I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm a dad, I think. <laughs> Video maybe games, yeah. you know. maybe I'll claim that I'm dad. Yeah, can I play more video games today if I need? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, she is all in. I mean, it's impressive at the same time; it's exhausting. So I mean, she's in the process of starting a nonprofit for related to adoption right now. Hashtag shared beginnings. Um, anyway, so she's doing that, but it's, it's exhausting because she will put kids down and then she will start it. And she will work until ten o'clock at night. He hates the sound of my keyboard. Yeah, like, like, you never know how annoying the math keyboard now. is until you hear it at nine thirty at night. Um, <laughs> anyway, but it's still impressive. So I mean, certainly I don't know if she's changed, but it's definitely. Well, she's also at a point where she can do more of this, and she is really well connected, and she has networked it really well. So she's at a point where she can do some of these things too. Um, but yeah, certainly she has become even more passionate for especially adoption over the course of our marriage. 
So is that is that like a two-parter for you? Is that also the way that you're most impressed with her? Or do you have a separate way? That yeah, no, that too. I mean, she she does ridiculous things. Like she she says, I'm going to do this. And she goes and does it. Like <laughs> I know she wasn't the only factor, but she she said years ago when we went through adoption, like, this, is all the, this is all the adoption benefits Walmart gives. She's going to fix that. And here we are, like six months ago, Walmart announced that now you get six weeks of leave for an adoption. Like, for all $2 million associates. And $5,000 reimbursement. And $5,000 reimbursement. <laughs> now, like, I know she wasn't the only person responsible, but she did. She organized all these events. She, like, networked all these people. She got it all going. And it's like, really? Like, the biggest company in the world, that that's your goal? <laughs> like, whose goal is that? So, um, yeah. Shella Monty's, that's yeah, who. It's ridiculous. So, that's anyway, awesome. yeah. Yeah, so Garrett's doing a slow cap. Uh, speaking of Garrett. It was recorded in my development plan three years ago. <laughs> oh, so yeah, have proven yeah. how you have that's to awesome. do it. Yeah. 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 Oh, they were goodness. like, what do you want your goals to be? I was like, meh. So is that retroactive? So can you now go back and take that six mm. weeks? No. So, <laughs> Scott's like, no. no. Let's just adopt another kid, Scott. You can't take the 10,000 bucks <laughs> either. 10,000. <laughs> can't do math. <laughs> All right, Garrett, what about you? Yes, yeah, so I'm, um, I'm most impressed with Alex. She is a absolute boss. <laughs> with, <laughs> is that a good thing? Yes, with our kids. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, has a, a gifting uh, of organization. I mean, I, I, I understand organization is amazing. I mean, a lot a lot of females are amazing with this. And guys. But she is I mean, extremely, unbelievably gifted in organize, uh, organizing our kids and running our entire household. And uh, enough to where she has time to volunteer for things and, and encourage our entire family to take uh, steps in being better and, and trying uh, trying new things and growing in different ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm just, um, yeah, I'm, uh, she, she is an absolute boss. She can, uh, she can manage our, our family extremely well. I'm pretty much absolutely as, as useless as possible. <laughs> so I'm pretty <laughs> much just trying true. to serve and, uh, <laughs> and uh, make her life easier, but kind of, um, just help her out as best I can. But, um, I think the way I've seen her grow the most, uh, she, uh, has tendencies to, um, kind of paint situations or paint people even at times and, and kind of black or white. And, and, uh, what I've, I've really seen her grow in the last several years of marriage is just being able to understand that there's a gray area, that there's an, in, uh, there's an in-between, um, the situations with, uh, with situations that are difficult and with people who are difficult and be able to see um, that there's a, there's a, there's a balance there in the situation. And uh, I've seen her extend grace and step into situations that I would just abandon. <laughs> uh, and uh, she has really um, challenged herself to engage in those areas where it's difficult. Uh, and so I'm, I've been amazed to, she's put that on herself and decided to go after that and is, has really grown a lot over the years in that, in our marriage and, and uh, our kids. That's awesome. That's like very sweet. Very <laughs> sweet. I gotta follow that. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I mean, come and on. And Brian, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> See, so he he actually set it up. He's like he was impressed with her first, and then how she grew. She didn't change. She grew. This guy, you I gotta take some classes. I, right? For real, that's awesome. <laughs> Marriage one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. So I think with us, I think, and I mean, I'll be honest. Like you said before, you're a Type A person, and so a very controlling situation. Like this is how it's going to be, and I am very laid back. So there were a lot of times that I didn't step forward and say, "Hey, I don't think we should do this," or X, Y, and Z, or handle a situation like this. And I think that me me coming up and then you figuring out that maybe you don't always have all the answers, and and I just going, you know, 
all the way. I was trying to say. Uh, so, <laughs> this is a tough question, okay? <laughs> I'm very, I, I, just honestly, I mean, in this whole process, it's kind of like with Michelle, like, I mean, we're doing a podcast that you started about adoption, like right now. And so I'm very impressed with that because that's, that's a pretty cool thing. So, um, I've seen you kind of take this and take the challenges and stuff. And we've talked about this, the things that we were going through. I'm like, at some point, somebody has to benefit from this because there's no reason why this should be this hard in this moment. Like, what is the reason God, why in the world are we going through this? Um, but it is one of those things that you come out a lot stronger. And I've seen you come out of adversity, a lot stronger and able to speak in, a, in an authoritative way of saying, hey, I know it's hard and I want to be here to help you because there is life on the other side of this and it's not always going to be hard. And so I've seen you kind of come out of those those hard times and do things like this. So I'm very impressed with, with this. Oh, yeah. thanks. You're welcome. This is a really fun podcast. However, I've said it once and I'll say it again. It would not exist without you. So. Um, all right. Ladies, so Michelle, yes, yeah. what is a um, what's a way you've seen Scott change, and how are you most impressed with him through adoption? Yeah, so I think he kind of alluded to this earlier, but um, he was really probably like not ready to be a dad. I probably forced that in a lot of ways. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> but not. Um, <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I think that um, he like he liked to hang out with his friends. He liked to go to movies. He liked like the freedom, and so all of the dump on of having three kids and the additional stress and um, what we didn't say is for even the first two years when um, after after Asher came to us, he had a lot of like medical issues and he screamed at us a lot a lot um so i think just watching scott kind of like grow into that role of being a dad um and kind of like you mentioned even recently like in the last few months um just being able to sort of like Garrett said, um, like exist in that gray area. Like Scott is very much like this is right or wrong. Like you do not act this way. You do act this way. You automatically respect me because I am. Um, but lately, like I've seen that, um, change a bit and it's fun because now the kids are kind of growing into areas that he likes and things he likes to do. Like, roller coasters and um you know rock band and like being able to play the drums on rock band like that's what he's impressed with with our kids <laughs> and he like takes pride in showing people like how cute Kate is and um our youngest has definitely redeemed babies for us that's for sure he's adorable um we love our other kids too. Mario, they're adorable too. Kate is just the most adorable. You're just better, Kate. Just act better. It's okay. Anyway, I think that it's, ta- it's ta- it takes a lot. It takes a lot to. Um, I think I think most of the guys have mentioned like just the connection aspect. Like it takes a lot to get there, even with the baby blobs and then with the traumatized kids on top of that. Um, 
So I think that I'm most thankful and grateful that he's like growing in that area and um, really has kind of gotten to the point where like we can like exist in that gray area and we can just suggest like, well, let's read a book if you're losing your mind or like if you get a soccer ball to the face, I'm actually going to hug you and be like, it'll be okay. They're there. And that's really all they need. Like, so Good job, Scott. Good job. All of these have happened in the last few days, but they're there. I may have said they're there. Yeah, literally with the like slow pat on the yeah. back. It happens. I love but, it. But I think that like to breeze over like how hard this really is like would be really unfair because I think that for our marriage, like it has been really hard for the last two years. Um, I think like you compound the family aspect and you know, the judgment of like, well, your kid is acting this way. Why can't you fix that? Or why, like, why are they doing that? Why are they screaming and waking up the entire, you know, vacation household of 20 people? Um, to, you know, how we handle discipline differently and things like that. So um, I'm really proud and happy that, like, we finally kind of come to this place of, like, we're not at a state of equilibrium yet. And you definitely intentionally, like, one thing he's really good at is, like, making sure that we, like, go on at least two dates a month probably. So that it's just us, like, no crazy screaming detaching, like take a breath, eat some food. Cause you don't usually get to do that with kids around. Um, so I think, I think that he helps balance the crusading part of me and reminds me to help like stop and take a breath. Mm, that's so. a good one. What about you, Alex? Um, I definitely would say, I've been very impressed with Garrett. Just, I mean, he's just a great dad, and he is definitely the best dad possible for our specific kids. Um, one specifically of our kids had a really hard time with men, and so when they first moved in, there was it was really difficult for a while. And I don't know if I could have handled it with as much patience and grace and understanding. It's not personal um, as Garrett did, and just being like the opposite of what our son expected in terms of um, just being so patient and so calm and never raising his voice um, and always being, like, ready to have fun. Um, So that definitely has been – I've been very impressed. Um, And just with, like, every kid that's come through our home. We had 15, 16 fosters before um, our boys. And just with every kid, just it's hard being a foster dad because I can't, I can think of one kid who came through our home who had a positive dad figure. Um, And so it's hard because it's like, I haven't done anything, but these kids are terrified of me and hate me. And so just having to like live with that and also try to um, be there the best he can for the kids, but understand that, um, it's hard, you know, it's just a hard place to be in. So, um, he just handled that with a lot of like patience and just taking himself out of the, like his feelings out of the equation and understanding it, it sucks that whatever happened in this situation happened, that these kids feel this way and we're not going to fix it overnight. But, um, yeah, he's just an awesome person to do that because he's very patient. 
Um, and how I've seen him grow the most, I think Garrett's always been really go with the flow. Um, and the direction that we have gone is not the flow. It is just the opposite <laughs> of the flow. Um, and so that, like he's kind of said, like that comes with a lot of pushback, um, both like major long-term pushback from family um, and just like incidental weird pushback of um, just like managing things differently in public that's hard for people who don't like to be noticed and don't like to stick out. Um and just, like, not worrying about, are our kids behaving the same as other people's kids? Are they just as well-behaved? Are they just as mature or whatever as other people's kids? Um, I definitely have seen him grow a lot in that and just doing what's right for our family. And, and having to, um, like, stick up for our family and say, like, no, family members. Like, I know you want us to be here at this time or you want us to do this thing this way, but my family, meaning redefining family as me, my wife and kids, like my family needs for us to do it this way. So like, sorry to disappoint. And he hates to disappoint people because he's really nice and that's awesome. But he's definitely grown in his ability to, um, to stick up for our family and to think about and understand what our family needs, even if that means maybe letting somebody down. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that we've, uh, I think we've definitely can relate with that one as well. Why don't we talk about the guys talking about the guys? Like, I have all kinds that of... Beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ways that Scott's most impressed you. Ways that Garrett has impressed you. Wait, are you <laughs> trying to one-up me? <laughs> he didn't say anything about, anything about his Mario game. Like... Kills it on yeah. Super Mario World. Uh, bromances are detriment, <laughs> like beyond important like, yes. throughout this entire process. <laughs> if you don't have a bromance that like understands what you're going through, that's the only thing that has kept us alive. I have secretly texted Brian multiple times yeah. saying, um, yeah. "Scott really needs to get out of the house. Please take him." <laughs> uh, and then I'm like, "Well, you, Alex. I mean, Scott. Yeah." Like, I mean, he needs. Really what do I do? Really you know? I mean, I gotta bro. go. See, now you guys have to involve Garrett because Alex. I, I, I know that's true. I'm here. He's, he's, he's jumping in. Mario Kart after this. And anybody listening, if you want to come to Northwest Arkansas, Mario Kart it with us, please do. <laughs> All right, I'm back. <clears throat> so for me, I think it's definitely been seeing you embrace. We, you know, we already talked about those role changes and. I think that that, since that is so not your personality to, um, to look for those non-traditional, non-traditional parenting roles. I mean, let's just face it. You probably fully intended on being like the fun parent. Oh yeah. Like, and, and and especially with Clark, like that you couldn't do that. That wasn't, I mean, we both had to change our perception of how this parenting thing was going to go. And I've seen you change that with the younger kids too. And you're definitely, you know, I'd say we're probably equal disciplinarian, which Mm -hmm. is a big deal because even going into parenting, that was something I was actually nervous about. I was like, I don't want to be the bad guy all the time. And, and I've really um, seen you change in that area. Um, As far as how I'm most impressed with you, I think that I've loved watching you take care of our family Um, and take care of me specifically, because with the type A personality comes a lot of anxiety. I'm sure that Several people in this room understand that. <laughs> and um, just watching you, instead of running away, which is I know what everything in your body is telling you to do, just be like, I'm going to go hide for a, a few hours while you figure this out. Cry in the closet for a <laughs> <Yeah. week. laughs> 
But instead, I've seen you step up and I've seen you lead our family uh, and go against what's natural for you. So it kind of builds on each other, the change in the impressed. But um, I'm definitely very impressed with you as a father because I know that that is not your natural instinct to do it the way you're doing it. Yeah, I don't, so. I don't like kids. We can just say that. <laughs> well, we've already talked about like, it. Like, a lot of us are sure not big fans. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we're going to say that. I think kids more than I like I will say this. Like, I wanted to be that guy, though. Like, I see the guys. There's guys at church that just, like, just jump in the middle of what's happening. I'm like, that just stresses me out. <laughs> like, just lock them in a room and hopefully they don't destroy each other. <laughs> but there's, like, other guys that just do that. They just enjoy that. And But it is different when it's your own. Like, it's a lot more fun. So Absolutely lock them yeah. in the room yeah. you can be like scott who locks himself in the bathroom yeah <laughs> leave daddy alone yeah, I've yeah. Done, I've done the best i'll <laughs> always need a safe space yeah. i have one safe space it's the bathroom in <laughs> until they figured out how to unlock the doors uh, uh, oh. it's like the death of an era yeah. mine is my Keys closet i don't think i figured it. they figured that one out yet but i think it's you know we were Just talking before like, we started the recording and i think all three of us are are all three couples are people that are not like huge kid people, which I think is really funny because we've all made the decision to <laughs> so well, willingly I, love a lot of kids. But yeah, I think I'm a huge kid person, but I think I'm now less of a kid person than I've gotten screamed at for several years. Actually, like I was that person that wanted to like grow up and start an orphanage somewhere. But, I can see that. But but like, I think that you would you would have managed the orphanage, not like sat down with the kids and played with them, right? Yeah, maybe. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah, in the office. Sounds like we were like, talking yeah. about more yeah. a coordinator than a playmate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So final question here: How has your choice to adopt made your marriage better? I think it's kind of given us more of a unified purpose. Yeah. Because, I mean, I kind of remember before we had kids, like, we kind of, you know, did whatever. We spent a lot of nights just really doing nothing. It's like, well, what are we going to do? I guess we could, like, walk around the mall or something. <laughs> we'll watch Survivor. Yeah. Watch more TV. And, like, I, I actually remember Michelle being like, I'm kind of bored. Now she's always, she gets bored pretty quickly. But it's just like, yeah, well, we haven't really done anything. Like, we've already kind of seen all the movies, done all the things. It's like, it kind of gives you, you know, something more meaningful to do. Because now, like... We have to take care of these kids, and we have to help, you know, God direct them, and we have to get them to their sports practices and get them fed. That's difficult sometimes. <laughs> to their Amen. multitude of doctor's appointments. Yeah, doctor's yeah. But, like, yeah, it's certainly extremely, extremely busy, both working full-time and doing all that. It's just, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think it, yeah, you can't complain that you're bored, that's for sure. So I think, <laughs> uh, and, too, it gives you purpose, so. Truth. I have nothing more to add. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of, we were talking about this um, question, and I think um, having a shared purpose and seeing the other person, like watching your spouse do something that you really admire, you know? So obviously we adopted because we both believe that adoption is important and we both believe in it. Um, So getting to see your spouse do something that's important to you, I think is really cool. And it gives you just a new level of respect and admiration for them to see them do something hard um, that we both believe in day in and day out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think think it's definitely uh, forced us to be, uh, to to improve in our teamwork and to work together and to 
uh, and to strive for a common goal, which is to try to make these kids citizens someday that aren't, you know, in prison somewhere. Hopefully not. But, Why would you, know, you say that? Just, you, know, just, okay. you know, are just trying not it to mess okay. these kids up as much as possible. Setting the mind of family goal on refrigerator. Average, just great, you know. Number one goal. But yeah, just... Uh, having a united front to kind of go after is 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 a big deal for us, and I think uh, I think marriage, or I mean, uh, marriage and raising kids has just uh, challenged us in a lot of ways to grow close to to grow in those those areas uh, and to and to strive for something together. So. Yeah, and to be better people because you can't. um, There's a lot of more motivation to not be mad at each other when (laughs) it's like this is the only adult I might see this week who is like for me. I stay home now. I homeschool my children. This might be the only other adult I see for most of the week. Mm -hmm. So I probably should make up with him because if I stay mad all week, I'm gonna have a hard time. So (laughs) you really have to step up and like actually do the things you're trying to teach your kids how to become. Mm-hmm. I want you to be a decent yeah. citizen. Oh, I have to be one too. I have to try to model that. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. a that's a, been a big, huge challenge for us too. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, oh, to just I, step into our role. Yeah. I tell you not to yell and to be patient. Like, oh, snap. <laughs> 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 oh, <I'm laughs> that's funny. Oh, man. So I think with this, I've learned that... It's just kind of funny because growing and and when you get married and like you set out to marry like the hottest person you know and <laughs> like that's the goal and then once you get into marriage um I figured out that like having children has made me fatter because I can't get to the gym as often <laughs> so Alex still loves me so I know our marriage has gotten stronger through that so there's part of that that, that oh I'm gosh. really I'm really happy about so um You're not bad, bro <laughs> Thanks, bro. This and also, great. Scott still loves me. Very attractive. There's a lot of things that are really good about this. So, but there's a new um, reference in there somewhere. So I, I agree. I think I think we just we we were kind of the same way. We didn't really have purpose. We were in a lot of different things. But I think having children has um, I've become less judgmental. And I think we as a couple have. Yeah, that's true. Um, there was, I was at a flight coming back from California and there was a screaming child and I was like, feel your pain, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. So like, I'm glad I'm not you right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, I'm like, I would okay. not I've put myself there. in. <laughs> yeah. But, but it is that thing where it's kind of like you have a lot more grace for parents and, and even for my own parents and, and, uh, my in-laws, you kind of figure that stuff out too. So, yeah. I think it's definitely, it's forced us to be a team, um, in, in more ways than just biological children can. Um, I think that whenever you have kids, you definitely have to, it's a, it's, um, it has to be a choice to be a team because there are lots of families with just biological children and it's hard for, you know, if one spouse chooses the child over the other spouse, then that creates all kinds of stuff. And so when you just have children and then it's a choice, it's a lot different than when you've adopted and it's like. you're forced. I mean, it's, uh, not that we wouldn't make that choice. We did make that choice, but definitely when you're adoption, you're outnumbered, um, and you're having to team up against trauma, basically not Mm -hmm. even against the kid, but against just actual like forces of darkness. It definitely, um, it definitely grows your marriage really, really quickly. So, um, I wanted to, so, I mean, we're going to sign off here, but I wanted to go around and just see if there was any resources that you guys have had that have helped you in your marriage or just an adoption in general, um, that you could share with our listeners. So Monty's, what do you think? Mm. 
Um, so I think that we've done, I've done quite a few like conferences, like empowered to connect like TBRI related. Um, we've done, we did a conference together just a month ago. Um, really those kinds of things, even though like you look at them and you're like, Oh my word, this is such a time suck. (laughs) Like just do it because a lot of times all that it's real all that it really takes is just like resetting your expectations remembering like oh shoot this is where these kids came from and i need to have a lot more patience um and this is why they're acting the way that they're acting and like it all makes sense if you can kind of like step out of your environment and into almost like a classroom type of setting um and so even though those things seem like overwhelming to take on like we did a six week class together. Um, like the empowered to connect is just a two day thing. Um, but those, those really help just kind of like re remind you and kind of like, almost like it's like, it's like hitting a reset button. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. I've like wound myself so far up about all of these things. I just need to like go back to the beginning mm-hmm. and re-remember like all the stuff I did in training mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it just kind of like clicks again. Um, so I think that like anytime those things are offered, even if there's a little bit of like, you know, financial commitment, I would say that those have, I think been the things that have helped us the most because like, let's be honest, who has time to read? Like <laughs> yeah. I've gotten so many books and like, from the counselors or whatever. And I'm just like, thank you so much. (laughs) Really what's most helpful is like when she copies just a chapter for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. I could probably read the first two pages of this. I was going to say, you read like two chapters and you're kind of like, I get the gist of the book. I mean, I mean, I have table, like I have books on my nightstand that have been there literally for years, like the connected child and like all of those things, (laughs) which are great. If you have like, if you can find the time away from your screaming children to like actually like decompress and do that after a long day of like being screamed at. Yeah, they're great from Not that that's decompressing. I mean, that's like further work. Oh, yeah. brain yeah. work. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll add, uh, I think, I mean, really, I think we've kind of joked about it, but friends who kind of get it, like it actually, you can go over and you can let your kids destroy their house and they don't really care. They don't really judge. They're like, hey, yeah, my kids too. Um, <laughs> it helps. So um, that and good, reliable babysitters help mm, as well. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Um, and with the conferences, that's also kind of like a bonus getaway a lot of the time too, because mm-hmm. even if it's a, a local conference, you still have to get a babysitter for two days, right? Mm-hmm. So Sometimes they serve lunch. That's a date. date yeah, guys. exactly. <laughs> Go sit in the parking lot. <laughs> Small wins. <laughs> All right. What about you guys? Yeah. So I, I think for us, our, our biggest resource really has been our, like our, our church and our community group and really just plugging in and seeking, uh, seeking, other families who are going through similar circumstances in our in our in our body, our local body, uh, and connecting with our like community group, um, they've they've been a godsend to us and just helped us uh, process every amount of emotion we're having and every frustration we're having and, and uh, being able to challenge each other towards um, uh, handling situations different or thinking through situations. And so, uh, I think they're definitely. Um, it, I mean, it's it's been a necessity for us to be plugged yeah. in in those. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be necessarily other for us. It doesn't necessarily have to be other foster or adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. Um, just friends who are willing to 
know that they don't know and like listen without mm-hmm. without presupposition and a lot of our friends don't even have kids i mean i'm 25 a lot of my friends don't have kids and so um they don't assume there's not a comparison between like how they feel about their biological kids to like what we're going through um mm-hmm. they just are very willing to listen and just say that must be really difficult, you know, um, and just listen and not necessarily, we don't always need advice. Although when we do, like I would always seek out somebody from the call who like Kelly Kraut, who you've had on the show, super great. I always ask her things. Um, she'll almost always meet for coffee too. um, Yeah. (laughs) But, um, just having, um, just having people who you trust just to talk to, even if it's not, let's solve this crisis, but just Mm -hmm. reminding yourselves that you're not the only people on Mm -hmm. the planet. Um, Mm -hmm. and along that too, like being in other people's lives and, um, in relationship enough to like talk about what they're going through and support them to remind ourselves, like our problems are not the entire world. They're not like Mm -hmm. the only problems. They're not, um, just to get our eyes off, like what we're going through once in a while is really helpful, um, to kind of make us feel like people again, instead of just like in our little house Mm -hmm. bubble with like our things that we're dealing Mm with. Um, just remember like there's the whole rest of the world out there and everybody's (laughs) doing their thing and it's hard, but everybody is surviving, you know, and we can make it too, but just not, um, not getting isolated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. I mean, I want to echo everything everyone said, especially the friendship thing. I mean, that's so, so, so important. And actually, that's how the six of us kind of first started becoming friends was at. They all came to my house. That's true. And if you listen, and they did destroy, the kids did destroy the house. That's true. Hey, but everybody, I think, made their kids pick up before they left. So (laughs) I don't remember. We probably didn't. There was a lot of lightsaber fighting. For, for the record, we well, didn't when you that. hand out lightsabers to all the kids, Michelle, well, <laughs> those lightsabers still live in my house. Mm. Just, like I still other. have a baseball. Oh, yeah. Beat each we other like regularly. Them. We like them. Yes. But if you listen to Michelle's episode from season one, that was what, the whole thing that it was about was friendships and adoption and um, getting inside other people's houses and stop isolating yourselves mm-hmm. within your own, you know, just junk in your families. Um, I want to add counseling as a resource. That's been a really big deal for us. And I think that the stigma is that if you're going to marriage counseling, it's because your marriage like needs counseling. Um, and that's, that's not true. I, we, true. we go to counseling every single week and we're not in yeah. crisis. We're not fighting constantly. We don't like, according to our society, we don't quote need counseling, but it has been the biggest resource for our marriage that I think is bettered it. Um, well, I think finding a counselor that has been through it. So our counselor has adopted before. Mm-hmm. So she shines grace on our situation and, and allows us to give ourselves grace where, which we, we didn't have that before. While so. pointing us towards each other constantly yeah. and yeah. to Jesus, of course, but just focusing the regular stuff that we go through in our daily lives and turning it back and be like, how does this affect your marriage? How does this affect you towards each other? Um, so yeah, finding a good counselor for sure. One that understands and one that is trauma trained. That's a really big deal. Sure. Um, but yeah, would you agree or do you have something else? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm the digital guy, so there is a ridiculous amount of Facebook groups out there that are adoption heavy. There are nonprofits all the time that are really focused on a specific niche in the adoption community. So I would say, you know, try to find those resources, um, Rather, you know, because if you can't leave, I know there are some people that just don't have that around them, but there are online communities that are here to help. Um, 
and encourage you in those moments too. And I do want to say too, on this simple fact that this is a real situation. This is a real podcast. Like this is, this is what we came to do this um, and talk about how hard it is and how hard these situations are. Um, but you referenced it in your last Facebook live video that, you know, if we would do it again, would we? And obviously there are situations and things that have to change in our knowledge now, but I mean, we would do this again because it is very rewarding and no matter what happens, we're going to make an impact in these kids' lives. And that's kind of the point, um, that it's not about ourselves. And so I don't, I guess I don't want to make sure that, that anybody listening who maybe is not, has not adopted or has not fostered, it can be scary, but there are resources and there are friends and there are a lot of support systems out there for you. But to go for it, I mean, it's yeah. it's worth it, worth it in the end. So but lean into those resources for absolutely. sure. Don't yeah. feel like you can do Have it. Have a phone a friend before oh, yes. you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Okay. Well, this has been really great. I am so excited. So um, I'll link to everyone's like social media and um, talk about anything that we've discussed in the show notes. But thank you guys so much, Michelle, Scott, Alex, Garrett, and Brian for joining me on this episode. And I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I know this stuff is hard and I hope you found encouragement here. Remember, you are enough and you're doing a great job. God wants to be at the center of this journey and he is big enough to redeem all of our mistakes. Don't forget to check out show notes and other resources at the adoptive mom podcast.com. Thanks again for listening.